Well, our whole focus on forgiveness has brought so much healing and hope to people. Um, I'm continuing to speak on this, and uh, I can tell from the emails, from the lobby conversations that I've been having, from social media. Um, just even last week, I was in the lobby at our Crosstown campus, and the first people that came out of service grabbed me, and they were, tears were rolling down their face, and, and they said, we're believing God for our one day of reconciliation. They say, we haven't seen our grandchildren, we haven't seen our son in years, and we're praying for reconciliation. The next one came up and said, I'm believing for reconciliation with an estranged family member as well. And I can just tell this is landing on people. And so I want to continue to build on this. And uh, today I want to talk about receiving forgiveness and forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. I've had a lot of people send emails like, the series has been good, but you just left this one area out. This is the one I need the breakthrough on. And someone said this, um, forgiving yourself is like the final frontier. And I'm not sure that's quite accurate, entirely accurate, but I can tell it captures the intensity of how many of you, know you can hear about forgiveness. You can even give other people forgiveness, but when it comes to the things you've done, it almost seems like that's the hardest thing to do, to forgive yourself and to move forward and to live in that forgiveness. I mean, because you know what you've done. You know what you've done. Some of us say, well, I know, I've done these things. Maybe you've stolen, maybe you've lied, maybe you've let somebody down, maybe you compromised, maybe you quit on someone, maybe you abandoned a relationship that you said I do to, maybe you destroyed something and you, you, you just look back and you say, there's a wake of destruction and I don't know how I can forgive myself. On top of this, I mean, people have voices from their parents or boss or teacher or people that are supposed to speak life over you actually spoke words of condemnation that cause you to stay stuck in unforgiveness and wondering, I don't know how God could forgive me because I hear the voices of them saying, you're a mistake, you're a loser, you're a good for nothing. And those voices just uh, fight against the forgiveness that God wants to give to you and that he has given to you. And I'm really talking to people today that you've asked Jesus to forgive you, okay? You've already said that. You've said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And so you've done that, but you just haven't connected living in that forgiveness. You can't forgive yourself. You can't just get all the way to, I'm really forgiven and I can live differently. On top of that, how many know that the devil beats you up? The devil just beats you up. I mean, the moment you think like, I think I might be forgiven. He's like, no, you're not. And he's like, I think I should get some help for this. Not you, be quiet. It'll never work for you. And so he holds us hostage, living in this, uh, not being able to receive the forgiveness, not being able to forgive ourselves. And I believe that this is a day that could bring breakthrough to so many. I really believe this is a day that could bring hope and healing because I hear people say like, I know Jesus forgives me, but. I know he forgives me, but. Uh, or people say, no matter how hard I try, I can't forget it, and I keep reliving it, and I can't break free of it. It's almost like we identify with David when he said, my sin is ever before me. It's like we can't let go of it. We can't get there. And, and when we forgive other people, how many know we can forgive them? And even if we can't reconcile, even if they're being destructive, we can push them into a neutral corner until, you know, we can work on reconciliation. But how many know, like, you can't put yourself in a neutral corner. Wherever you go, you're there. Oh, master of the obvious, right? You're like, all right, yeah. But I, I can't give myself a time out. I know what I did. I know what's going on. And that's why it's so important. And I've discovered this, 
That when people don't understand the forgiveness of God, when they don't receive the forgiveness of God and realize that they're forgiven and live in that forgiveness and forgive themselves, when they don't do that, you know what happens? You start to self-disqualify yourself. So I can't, I can't serve that way. I, can't, I, 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 I know what I've done. And, and even though you've asked Jesus to forgive you, you start to self-disqualify and you stay stuck. And for some of you today, you're identifying with this. You're saying, that's me. That's me. Now, I got to tell you, I was raised in a home where um, I didn't hear those voices of destruction. I heard voices of God loves you. Whenever I did something wrong, I, I had to face the punishment, and then I was forgiven. And then I could bring forth fruit worthy of repentance and restore trust. And man, it was life-giving in my home. But it wasn't like this for my mom in her home. And so I asked her to help me out for just a moment in this message. And, um, and so I, I put her on the spot, okay? She has no warning on this. And so I want my mom to come on up here. And um, yeah, you can welcome her on up. Come on. <laughs> and, and she said, of course you're going to do this to me. It's a snowstorm weekend. And I was just proving that if a widow can make it to church, anyone can make it. I didn't do my hair and I'm wearing my Uggs. I mean, but Uggs are in, all right? But so I, I know for me, it was like I, I lived in, in the forgiveness of God, but you didn't. I, want, I just asked you to share and be vulnerable with us. Yeah. How would you like it if your pastor walked up to you and said, hey, you want to share something right now? <laughs> yeah. Pray that you don't have a son that's a pastor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to just start out by telling you, and first of all, I'm probably going to cry. I'm going to cry. It's good. I was raised by a hardcore military man. When I say hardcore, I want to just give you a little example of it. I was a teenager, and I was ready to go out, and my dad said, you have to clean your room. So I knew inspections, and I had that room spotless. I did the white glove over the door, because I had been caught with that, you know, and all the other things, and I thought, this is perfect. And he walked in, and he took, this is back when we had tubes and radios, he took the back off of my radio, and he took his white glove and went over the tubes and said, the room is filthy. And he took everything out of the closet, everything out of the drawers, and threw them on the floor. That was my idea of you have to be perfect. If it's not perfect, it's not good enough. And so I walked away from the church. I didn't, and I lived terrible, you know. I got saved the same year he got saved. I was 31. He was seven. When I got saved, I mean, maybe some of you don't know this, I don't know, but Rob has preached it, and I'm very open about it. I had had a child before I was married, and I gave her up for adoption. So I had a lot of things in my history. And so when I accepted Christ, I thought, when are you going to take the back off the radio? Mm. When are you going to... I know you're telling me you forgive me, but I don't buy it. You know, I don't buy it. Maybe you kind of forgive me, but you can't really forgive me. I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. And it's not bad enough that I'm sabotaging myself, but the enemy, every time I'd go by somewhere where I had done something wrong, he'd go, do you remember that? 
do you remember what you did there? Do you remember this? And I'd be like, yes, I do. I remember it very well. And once again, I would know that the back came off the radio and the tubes were being swiped. And it was the enemy doing it. Yep. And so I lived like that for the longest time. And all of a sudden, God said to me, it was one time when I was praying, and God said to me, okay, we're going to settle this right now. Once and for all, we are going to settle this. Either you believe that I have forgiven, me, forgiven you, or I'm a liar. I thought, no, no, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just kind of thinking that you were tricking, or maybe, you know, yeah. maybe there's a catch, maybe something that I didn't quite understand. And God said, listen, Israel, either you believe me or you don't believe me. And so that day I chose to believe him. Now, did the enemy run away and say, oh, piece of cake, I'll leave her alone, she's fine. No, there was a hard court press. And you know what the fun was? The fun was being able to laugh and say, I know, I know I did that. I know I did that, and he forgave me, and he loves me. He loves me, and the tubes are clean. The tubes are clean. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Amen. And so during my walk, sometimes we'd sing that song, I give you all, all of me. I couldn't sing that. You know what I would sing? I give you some of me. And then maybe a few months later, I'd sing, I give you a little bit more than I gave you the last time. And then finally, I got to where I could give God everything. And then I wept because I had wasted so much time. And what I'm saying to you is don't waste any more time believing the devil. It's just not worth it. He is a liar. And the beauty of this story, the full circle of this story, is when my father died, I was able to be with him and pray the salvation message with him. Beautiful. Praise God. Thank you, Mom. Thank you for sharing. Next time, warn me. <laughs> she said, next time, warn me. I think she did an amazing job. Amen. Hey, come on, celebrate. Stand up at all the campuses. The tubes are clean. God's not tricking you. He's forgiven you. His grace is real. Receive that in Jesus' name. Come on, you can look throughout the Bible. It's not just her testimony. You look throughout the Bible. When people understood that Jesus really gives forgiveness, that God gives forgiveness, they lived differently. In Psalm 51, we know David has committed adultery, he's committed murder, and all of a sudden he realizes, wait a minute, I, I know what I did. I asked for forgiveness, and he gets a glimpse of grace, and he says, I'm going to live differently. We know from his life, he lived differently. In John chapter 4, we have the Samaritan woman, and, and she believes the forgiveness that Jesus gives her and she's like, I'm gonna go tell other people uh, about you. I'm gonna go tell the people that probably were mocking her. Like, Jesus is here, the Savior is here and he, and he can forgive you too. And she goes out and lives differently because of it. I see it over and over and over again. When God has an encounter with people, they live differently. And when they really understand that they're forgiven, they live differently. God's not tricking you. 
when he offers you forgiveness, when he says that I've forgiven you of your sins, as far as the east is from the west, you can bank on it. You can believe it. And it's the enemy that says, you're not forgiven. You're not good enough. It really can't apply to your life. And I want you to grab a hold of that. You could change your whole family's trajectory today. I saw the pain that was in my mom and, and hearing the things that she had to go through. And then I think because she had the, the ability to believe God's promises, to believe God's word, to really believe and say, I'm forgiven. I'm, for, I'm gonna live differently because of this. I could forgive myself and move forward as a woman of God. She passed on to me a whole new thought, a whole new way of living. And now I'm passing on to my kids, Beck and I are to our children and they're living differently. You can change that today. I think about in the Bible, in John chapter 8, um, there's a woman that's caught in adultery, and I won't go into all the story, but um, it, they bring her before Jesus, and it's interesting, they don't bring the man, they just bring her, you know, and they should have brought both of them. And in John chapter 8, they bring her in front of them, and, and Jesus says, well, the first one of you that hasn't sinned, go ahead and throw the first stone. And he starts writing in the ground, and they don't, we don't know what he wrote, but we know that the people are holding rocks ready to crucified this lady, and then they drop them one by one and walk away. And she's standing there with Jesus. And in John chapter 8, verse 9, it says, but when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, now let me just stop for a moment. That was a very respectful term. He calls her a respectful name for a lady. He says, woman, where are they? No one has condemned you. And she said, no one, Lord. She calls him Lord. She understands what's going on right here. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. And that lady leaves there forgiven. And I've got to believe that that lady, having that encounter with Jesus, lived differently. I believe that she accepted and received. I just can't imagine her going to her sisterhood table and being like, I just don't know if I'm forgiven. I just don't know if he really meant it. I think she looked in his eyes and she understood Jesus has forgiven me. I'm going to live differently and I'm going, to all, I'm going to proclaim the forgiveness and the goodness of God and I'm going to receive what he's given me. I'm going to go and sin no more. Now, for some of us, we, we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. We can't, we don't, we just, we, again, you heard my mom saying, there's the blockage, the blockage. And finally, one day she had to come to the truth. Because if you don't forgive yourself, here's what happens over again. You, how many know you relive what you did? You relive it over and over. You let it affect your decisions. You feel paralyzed by your past. You verbally abuse yourself. How many know that nobody else has to condemn you? Your voice just keeps condemning in yourself and you keep verbally abusing yourself. You're afraid to take healthy risks. You, you wear masks and you have a hard time forgiving other people. That's why it's so important that you have to receive that forgiveness. And you live in that shame of over and over again, I am bad rather than I did something bad. And Jesus can forgive me of my sins. I love that guilt brings us to the cross. Guilt brings us to the cross and it, and it, and it helps us to find forgiveness. It's good to feel guilty for what you did. And the Holy Spirit says, you did that wrong. Now come to Jesus and get forgiveness. Now, shame that the devil gives us after we've asked for forgiveness, the devil's like, you did something wrong. You're terrible. He could never forgive. How many of you know, shame wants to keep you in the gutter and guilt gets us to the cross. 
And when we feel guilty for it, we go to the cross and then we can live in victory when we've asked Jesus to forgive us. And I, I want to use this just story I, I've hit all over the place and I love mom's testimony, uh, testimony of, of that. I just felt it was too important not to miss. And I'll, I'll abbreviate this here, but it made me think of Peter. If there's an example of somebody that messed up with Jesus, it would be Peter. And we, we have in the Bible in Mark chapter 14, Jesus says, Peter, he said, Peter, I, I know you say you're with me. I know you say you love me. I know you say you're with me, but you're, you're going to deny me before the cock crows twice. You're going to deny me. And you know the story that Peter's in the courtyard of the high priest and they're like, aren't you one of them? And, and he's like, no, not me. And aren't you one of them? No, not me. Aren't you one of them? No, not me. And then the cock crows twice. And by the way, just so you know, um, it wasn't a rooster, okay? I'm just letting you know this, getting you theologically correct here. There was actually a priest that stood on the corner of the temple and he would blow a trumpet and he was no, it was known as the cock crow that he'd stand there and he'd blow the trumpet and the priest would report to duty. So if you've ever heard a sermon about a rooster running around, it wasn't right, all right? It was actually a priest standing there. Some of you are like, well, that now... Every time I hear a rooster, I think of Peter. Now I can't think of that. Every time you hear a trumpet, think of Peter, all right? Yeah. So he knew. He knew that the, the, guy, the, the cock would crow. He would, he would say, it's time for the priest to come and, and work at the temple. And so Jesus is saying, before the wake-up call for the priest, before you're going to deny me. And he does. He denies him. And then Jesus is crucified. Peter runs away. Jesus comes back from the dead. Peter can't believe this. This could be real. And then we have this restoration moment that is so beautiful where Jesus forgives Peter. And in John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17, it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And in that exchange, I don't have time to go into all the details of it, but in that exchange, there was a forgiveness there. There was a restoration. And Peter leaves that moment. He leaves changed. He leaves forgiven. And, and he leaves with a, with a new understanding of, I have been, I blew it. I blew it. He could have been just beating himself up. Like, I can't believe I, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he beat himself up. Like, I can't believe I did it. It's exactly like Jesus said. The priest sounds the trumpet. They all, and I, I, I blew it. it was a, I, I blew it. I'm an idiot. I'm sure he's like living that way. And then Jesus goes and restores him, forgives him, and he lives and moves forward in forgiveness. How do we know this? Because on the day of Pentecost, he acts like a forgiven person. Okay? If you don't know the story, you got Peter denying him. You got Jesus being crucified, resurrected. We have the restoration moment that's taking place. And then as we go forward a little bit more, we have the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is poured out. There's an outpouring. And Peter comes out and he speaks to the people, thousands of people, with a boldness. He speaks with the boldness. He speaks and takes the lead and he calls other people to get into forgiveness. How many know that that's the behavior of someone that knows they've been forgiven? Because if you don't know you've been forgiven, you know, and you're kind of like, I'm still not sure Jesus has forgiven me and somebody needs to pre preach to them. John, you, you preach to them. 
You take the lead. Because I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't know if I'm forgiven. You know, Peter might have mumbled, like, guys, how, how many, have you ever not known somebody's name and you introduced them and you're like, hey, this is, how are you? meet them. When you're not confident, you mumble. And Peter's confident. He's bold. Matter of fact, it's funny talking about mumbling. For some reason at Christmas Eve, I just got all messed up with the reading of the scripture. And I was like, Zechariah, Zechariah, is my version wrong? Should there be an S? Should there not be an S? So I pronounced the name like Zechariah. I was like, and, and you probably didn't notice because I corrected it after the first service. But trust me, my family knew. And they're like, what was that? Zechariah, Zacharias, Zebedee, Zacchaeus, Ezekiel. Who was that? I was like, come on, lighten up. I just had a moment, you know. I wasn't confident. You're not confident. You're mumbling. Peter was confident. And when you understand that you've been forgiven by Jesus Christ and you live in that forgiveness and you forgive you for what you did, you're like, I don't have to live like that's not me. The, the one that I am is the forgiven one that Jesus has forgiven. That's who I am. That's what I align with. You have boldness. You have clarity in your life. You start to live differently. You want to give grace to other people. You don't give those negative voices in your mind power anymore. You silence them. Like my mom was saying, I laughed at them. You're like, you, know, you hear that and you're like, oh, that's so funny. Because uh, I used to think that, but now I don't. And it's amazing that grace would cover that. Isn't that incredible? I'm a new creation. I'm moving forward in Christ. Now, some of you, I know, some of you in a church like this, I know that some of you are grabbing hope. Like even the moment my mom shared, all of a sudden you're like, that's what I needed to hear. Others of you, right now, you're like, you're just like, oh, it's so close. And I'm asking you to grab it. And there's others that are like, the door is just cracked open and I'm saying, go through it. And if it's not in this service, if it's not at the end of the service with prayer teams, I'm asking you to even go to our Freedom Encounter. April 5th and 6th at our Shakopee campus, you can go to the website, you can go to life groups, core groups, and you can sign up for Freedom Encounter. And if you run into any problem, you talk to one of the pastors at your campus, they will get you signed up. Because there are things, there are voices that you need to, to silence. There are things that you need a breakthrough. Maybe you're, you're just hearing like, I didn't know that I could forgive myself, that if Jesus really forgave me, I can live differently. I can silence those voices. I can let go of those hurts. I can believe that I could lead my dad to faith before he dies on his deathbed. You, you can have those breakthroughs at our freedom encounter. Man, I want you to grab a hold of this today because if you forgive yourself because God has forgiven you, you live in awe of grace. You live in awe of grace. You, you, you receive more from God because that, that, that living in that unforgiveness of yourself, it's like a blockage. You just like bounce the blessings of God away from you because you're like, I'm not worthy. And you're bouncing the blessings of God away from you. And God's like, I'm trying to get these on you. And you just haven't been able to forgive yourself, even though he's forgiven you. And once you live forgiven, you're like, I'll take that one. I'll take that one too. I'll take theirs. Bring it in. I'll take it. You're like, I, I, I want as many blessings as I can get. That's what happens. And then you give grace more freely. You just start becoming a person of grace. You start to agree with God when you realize that you've been forgiven and you forgive yourself. And I want to give you a few scriptures. If you're struggling in this area or you just want to write these down to have as a reference, three quick verses. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You have to believe God is true. It, it, this is what his word says. So either he's true or, or he's a liar and he's not a liar. 
It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Man, you could say, I am Rob 2.0. I am new and improved. I'm not that. I am new and I'm forgiven. You need to, you need to memorize that one. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's true. And as I referenced earlier, Psalm 103, verse 12, he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Man, they're forgiven. They're forgiven. The enemy is going to try to beat you up. The enemy is going to try to paralyze you. Old voices are going to try to rear their ugly head. But you're going to have to remember these things. I'm a new creation. I've confessed my sins. I've been forgiven. They're as far as the east is from the west. And I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. I don't have to live that way anymore. I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. If he can forgive me, I can forgive me. And I can move on in this and I can find healing and wholeness. And some people say, well, will I forget it all? Maybe, maybe not. Some people get to the point where they forget everything, okay? And you're like, you almost have to remind them, like, you, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember. But there's others, you will remember it, but it won't be a bad thing. You'll be like, oh, I remember that, but guess what? Praise God, that's not who I am anymore. Praise God, I've been forgiven. Oh, I, I don't deal with that. I, I've forgiven myself on that because God forgave me and I don't have to wallow in that anymore. So when you remember it, you say, okay, I'm not that anymore. Praise God, I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. And I'm praying that you wouldn't dwell on it in a negative way where you keep replaying it over and over and over again, staying stuck there, living in that unforgiveness. It's forgiving yourself and saying, God, if you've forgiven me, I'm gonna forgive me as well. And I'm going to live for you and for your glory. And I'm praying over our church that if you need a breakthrough, you're going to get it like my mom got it. And it's going to just be that moment that you're going to realize his word is true. His word is true. And if there's those of you that you're like me, you're like, I've lived in this my whole life. Then come on, let's be a, a forgiveness evangelist in this way, helping other people to be set free to live in that so they can forgive themselves. And they can say, I know what I did, but I've been forgiven and I'm going to live different. If you have asked God to forgive you, it's time to forgive yourself. I, I just pray right now that you realize your past is forgiven. Your future is bright in Jesus' name. You are not who you were. You are forgiven in Jesus Christ. If Jesus forgives you, then you need to forgive you and you need to move forward in that healing in Jesus' name. So I'm praying right now, Lord, for our church that we would move forward in that. We would move forward in that healing in Jesus' name. We would see that Peter blew it and then you restored him and then he came out in boldness and he lived differently because he understood, I am forgiven. And he didn't live wondering if he was forgiven. He knew it. God, I thank you for the, the woman that was forgiven. And, and she's like, I, I can live differently I can live differently. I will receive this. I'm not going to go back to the old things I did, but now I'm going to go and live in this forgiveness. I thank you, God, for forgiving my mom and then giving her that breakthrough so that she didn't have to live bound by that and instead could pass on a, a, a legacy of faith that could go on to her children and to her grandchildren. But God, I pray right now for every person that the door of hope has been opened up a little. God, help them to believe your promises are true. Help them to receive that. Help them to live in that forgiveness. Help them to find that freedom. 
If you say it, it's got to be true. And so, God, I pray we would live in that forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.